Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. the Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. Hey, Dub, what's the good word, my guy? Man, everything good. Prayers, man. Got the prep girls hoops this weekend. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Out there at Council Bluff, son. Yes, sir, man. It's going to be a nice little trip. I'm quite sure we're going to see some good talent there. Yeah, and all this, as you guys know, we cover prep sports. I mean, we pretty much cover it all now. You guys have got to the point you've been rocking with us for a year now. I mean, A-Dub, we covered it all from the prep hoop side of things, college sports, pro level now with the Chicago Sky in the mix. Man, audience, keep rocking with us. I'm telling you, we, it's only the beginning for us. But I got to ask you, A-Dub, so with, with that tournament that's coming up, I mean, do you have any sort of teams that you got on the horizon that you're looking to cover? I'm looking for the best of the best, man. And I'm hoping I can see some good talent from the from Atlanta, Chicago. Yeah, because um, I do know um, the tournament that I was at last weekend, they had a, a couple teams I know they're going to be at, at that tournament. A girl I had told you about, the, her name was, uh, goodness, her last name was Cephas. She hit a game-winning shot from half court. But I came Beyond up. Athletics. They're, Beyond they're, Athletics. They're, yep, they're a Chicago team, coached by uh, Coach Dent. And I'm telling you, Doug. He got a nice little squad. And you know what I really liked about them? And you're going to like it too. They push the pace. Any, anytime they get the ball, he's telling them, go, go, go. And I'm like, man, he do not let them be stagnant out there. He get mad at them if they don't be pushing the pace. Oh, that's what's up, man. I like to see that, that running team, showing your athleticism too, getting out there hustling, pushing the pace like you're saying, and taking some good quality shots, man. I'd love to see that. That would be a fun game to watch. Yeah, so they their uh, jerseys are green, so you'll you'll know when you see them. Uh, but yeah, t- definitely if you if you get a chance to see them on the on the roster, definitely check them out uh, because, like I said, they push the pace, they play hard, and it's almost like he has them play a positionless basketball because it don't matter who gets the ball, he encourages the ball. They all got handles, which is insane. Even the big, even they're big. Man, that's dope right there. They got that kind of a skill set where most people able to handle the rock can score. Man, that's good. I'm looking forward to watching that. Yeah, so that'll be good. So I can't wait to see what comes back from that tournament that you're gonna be at. Uh, I can't wait to some of the, I can't wait to see some of the pictures, the videos, and and also some of the content that I know you're gonna get out of there as well. So all this is like I said, 
We're going to be your go-to spot for that prep cubes and the AAU stuff. That we're going to be at all these tournaments over the course of the summer. And these are the players that are going to be the future hoopers and, and athletes that we're going to be talking about on this show as, they, as we talk about college sports and pro sports. So, audience, as, as, as you guys know, it starts <laughs> at these lower levels. And we, A-Dub and I are going to be here to talk to these athletes, to get to know them. So that way, by the time these athletes start coming up a little bit, they got a relationship with us, and you've heard these names before. You know what I mean? And that's what's about that right there. Starting early, getting to know who they are, and presenting it to you all. Well, all right, man. Well, let's get into the show. I can't wait to chop it up with you about the prep hoop stuff next week. But for this episode here, we got a lot to unpack for the audience. The first thing I want to talk about, A-Dub, is my Chicago White Sox. Now, <laughs> one of the things about my Chicago White Sox, what do I always tell about them, A-Dub? I always talk about the offense. I always brag about the offense. But right now, I don't have that type of base in my voice right now because our offense, you know, outside of the game today that they play very well, but that offense, boy, has been tragic. We've been struggling to score runs, man. Like that game on Wednesday when we lost to Kansas City, they got 10 hits, but we only got two runs. And I'm sitting here like, what is going on? How can we can't manufacture any runs? What happened to the execution? Like there's so many games in the last, I would say, 10 games that we scored less than five runs. It's been I mean, ugly. We did, yeah, I mean, we were below 500 before we won that game today, but it has not been the effort that I expect of my team. Man, look, I totally get it, Perez. It's been a tough ride. I mean, the last time, other than today, the last time y'all scored at least seven runs was against the Yankees. That's the game y'all lost. And then things kind of went downhill from there. And then now you mentioned, like, today, you know, when you guys played on May 19th, your team finally broke through and got seven runs. But it's been a struggle, man. I, I was shocked to see you all struggle against the Royals. I'm like, what's going on, like you said, with the hitting-wise? I mean, I see your boy, you know, uh, Tim Anderson doing this thing, but he's been like more of a solo guy in a way. So you do need those guys, the rest of the teammates, to really step up, man, and knock in those runs. I mean, you had other guys who really did a good job early on, like AJ, you know, and uh, Abreu. But it's like you need more of that. You need Roberts to continue doing this thing. You need guys like Sheets to step up. So it's been a struggle. Yeah, I mean, honestly, T.A. has kind of been, like, on a little solo mission. I mean, he's the only one that's been consistent. Yep. And I guess for me, when I look at it, I just wonder, okay, well, what's the solution? What's the end goal here? Because today's win was cool. I liked it. But I'm, I'm wondering what Skip's got up his sleeve. Because for him, all I'm hearing from him is, hey, he met with the hitting coach, and he said they're identifying problems with the hitters. But he didn't specify exactly what it was. So I'm hoping that whatever they did today that worked, if that's a step in the right direction for this ball club. Hopefully so, Perez. Because I think sometimes you got to, you know, play small ball when need be, right? It's like sometimes they want to go out there and slow fast and get doubles and, you know, and try to do other things. But when those shifts and things are on, man, you got to make an adjustment. And I think the hitting coach probably helping those guys out with making some small adjustments, some tweaks, man, to help generate the offense. So we'll kind of see what happens as, as the game go on. It's good to get a big win today. I think the White Sox definitely needed that. I know they had a couple games where it's like, man, where the offense is at? But now it's starting to come back. And you know how the White Sox are. They're a team that can put together some runs when they are hot. So when that team is cooking, they are cooking. Yeah, and that's the one thing, too. That's why, like I said, I'm always very high on, on this offense. I mean, that's one of the parts of the team that I really think that we're in a good spot on. However, though, <laughs> For that game today, I'm like, man, where's the offense? Tony, what's <laughs> going on with this thing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
that was a struggle right there for you all. I mean, <laughs> you talk like you said, Perez, those last five games before this game, you know, uh, it, it, was, it was tough, man. But I think you all may have found something, right, getting out that slump. <laughs> now you're all ready to put together and play as a team, right? Because that does come with some small sacrifice, but you got to advance that runner, man, and somebody got to drive them home. And I think that's what they probably figured out today. Yeah, but like at the, end of the, <clears throat> by the end of the day, it's still early on in the season. We're still in second place. It's, I mean, this team, I mean, A-Dub, I mean, come on, let's let's be honest here. I had championship aspirations with this team. So the fact that this team right now is 19-19, and 19, I'm not going to sit here and act like I feel all good about that. But at the same time, I know it's still early. I know right. that there's not going to be any sort of drastic changes or anything like that that's going to happen. You know, but it's one of those things that I just hope that they're kind of tweaking it and figuring out what they can do to kind of get things going in the right direction because this is not a 500 ball club oh definitely not a 500 ball club i mean you tell me you and i agree at this part press they're underperforming from my perspective i mean we've seen of them course. go through some injuries before and maybe able to mention through but you still got elite hitters i mean you got guys who can really hit i mean you got stars <laughs> tim Adams, robert i mean you got enough guys on this team abreu that you can say you know what we can sustain so for them to struggle this much it's been kind of sucks away but I think you and I agree that it's still early. They got a chance to really figure it out. Yeah. But like I said, the batting average before today's game that we won, the batting average was subpar. Outside of Tim Anderson, no one was getting anything done. I mean, right. so I'm hoping that this hitting coach can get some things adjusted and tweaked because, like I said, we can't continue to have this. But when I look at what happened today, Vince Velasquez, he got his job done. He got the job done. Now, this is a guy that was in this rotation and no one's expecting any major things out of. You know, he's not going to have any gaudy numbers. He was putting the rotation to get as many outs as possible and to keep the White Sox in the game. And I feel like he's doing his job right now, you know, because you and I, we talk about it a lot with Cease, with Kopech. Those guys are getting it done. But with a guy like sure. Velasquez, you're just hoping that he gives you a little something to kind of preserve the bullpen as much as you can. He gave something a day for sure. I mean, he gave a what five pitch, five innings, gave up four runs. I mean, that's still decent for a guy like him. But then on top of that, your bullpen kind of held on and hold it down for you all. So I thought the relief pitchers came in today and got the job done. Yeah, and, and listen, if you look on that on that pitching staff right now, he's third in his pitch behind, as I mentioned, Dylan Cease and yep. Michael. That's so true. he's he's way hey, when they're giving him the ball, he's getting on the bump and he's doing what he got to do. Mm -hmm. and that's it's, all you can ask for a guy like that. That's all you can ask for, Perez. A guy to be serviceable and give you a fighting chance. Not that he's been giving the White Sox a fighting chance. But I will say this. When Lance Lynn returns from the injury list, he's probably going to lose a spot in the rotation, especially <laughs> if Johnny Cueto can continue to build off of that first start he had because he looked damn good in his first start. Ooh-wee. Ooh-wee. You all have a pretty decent problem to have. I mean, you're right. Lance Lynn got to come out there and do his thing. You got to get that guy his shot because you know what kind of pitcher he really is. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. But you know what? You know you got another arm, right? Velasquez is another arm. So if he's coming as a relief pitcher press and give you all some valuable innings, that's good too, right? You know you got somebody you can depend on. That's right. You know, he could come in in a long relief spot. You know, nope. like the guy can give you three or four innings. So good point there. Now, you talked about T.A. a little bit earlier in the segment. And as you guys all know to listen to the show, I love Tim Anderson. Love what he brings to this team. He's a catalyst. I don't know if you saw that, A-Dub. Him and Ozzy Gig got into a little bit of a mini little beef there. <laughs> and, you know, Ozzy ain't won. He ain't won to fucking bite himself with nobody. That's true. That is true. But what he told Ozzy was STFU. I'm like, hey, man. I'm like, look, 
Oz is the guy I normally would clap back, but I would say Oz took the high roll on it. But man, you know Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson is no joke, friends. You know that already. The kid would battle and defend himself at all costs. But the thing is, he has not missed a lot of games like Oz was making out. Oz was making out to be. The kid only missed what a few games, really. So relax on that, Oz. He's still a long season. We're not trying to let anybody get injured, right? We know how hard Tim Anderson plays, so he might need the rest anyhow. Yeah, I think it was that. And also, too, I think Tim Anderson was coming in defense of La Russa because uh, Ozzy was coming after La Russa a little bit. Yeah. Well, you should know that was going to happen anyway, right? <laughs> when he come to Ozzy and if the White Sox struggle a little bit, you know they're going to look at what the match. You know, that has, that has always been praised. The match, look at the match and what's going on with the team. They struggle in many areas, right? You say hidden already. And now you're talking about resting Tim Anderson. Hey, people are going to look at that, right, and question what the manager is doing. So you're right. They was going to do that, but at the end of the day, that's good for Tim Anderson to defend his coach. Hey, I have no problem with that. Well, because that's what it comes down to. It was a doubleheader, and what it was was that Tony Russo was resting players. He rested McConnell in the first game, and in that second game, he rested a brand new TA. And Ozzy, I kind of feel like it's more old-school manager. Yeah. And so when he's making that situation, when he's making his comments, what he said pretty much is, listen, I feel like we're babysitting these players. <laughs> he said, look, Jose, of course, he's a veteran player, older player, yep. cool. But he's like, why are we wrestling T.A.? Yeah, he feels like see, T.A. should be playing every day. And I got no issues with that, you're right. Because to me, I'm like, you know what, I totally get it. However, we can also look at the history with Tim Anderson as well, right? When we overdid him last season, we saw what happened, right, Perez, the injuries and things that need to start to pile up. So you got to be careful. And I think Ozzy has to look at that now. This is a new generation of players, man. These guys didn't have a long training camp at all. You got to realize that, hey, you don't want to overextend these guys to where you can start picking up injuries. So you got to be careful with that. It's a, it's a balancing act, man. Yes, but the one thing that I want you to think about it, audience, I want you guys to think about it because I know you guys were debating us on Twitter pretty hot to have it. Okay, I feel like a former batting champion should not be sitting on both games of a doubleheader. Just my opinion. Uh-huh. Because then why did A.J. Pollock and Josh Harrison both play in both of those games? And those guys are over 30 years old. That's true. That's true. And, with your, and your offense has been struggling. Yeah, pick when you want to rest your players. And you can't rest the players when you're already struggling like that in a way. So I do understand, right? where Oz is coming from, but it is tough, man. It's a hard thing to do, but you got to be careful with that. If you, if you, if you are La Russa, you got to know when to play your boy to mention when you need him. Cause I think missing him, not playing for us, you pay the price for that. That was a game the White Sox lost. They paid a big price for not having their ace out there. I'm sorry, their best hitter out there. Yeah. And one thing too, it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that Tim Edison came to La Russa's defense because him and La Russa, which is surprising to me, him and, uh, and T.A. have a really strong relationship. T.A. goes to bat for Tony Marusa. He called him like his best friend. He said they talk all the time. So I'm like, all right, well, shit, T.A. said Ozzy needs to shut the fuck up sometime. He talked to him. <laughs> all right, T.A., I feel you. Because, <laughs> hey, guess what? Hey, Ozzy been, have heard that before. So it's nothing new. Nothing new <laughs> at all, right? You know, Perez, you've been the White Sox for a long time. You heard a lot of things that Oz have said and a lot of run-ins that Oz have had with the front office and everybody yep. else. So it's nothing new here, but T.A. kind of understands the history. That's what tells me he must know Oz's history <laughs> to make that kind of comment. Well, yeah, he been around. He, yeah. he heard some things, you know what I mean? He heard some things. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's kind of how that comment came. That, that, tells, that tells it all. Yes, sir. Well, hey, I want to talk about your Cubs for a second here, man. So, when it comes to Wilson Contreras, now, 
We all know that he's going to be a free agent at the conclusion of this season. And Wilson Contreras has had a lot of say about it. He said that he is open to talking about an extension in season, which is rare because most players don't want to discuss a contract once the season is going on because they don't want that distraction. Right. Wilson Contreras has said, no, bring it on. I want to have that discussion. But he said that the Cubs brass has been super quiet. Hey, Doug. Man, I'm a little shocked. I'm a little disappointed in that because I think Wilson Contreras deserves an extension, Perez. I mean, the guys I talked about already, it's like a leader of this team. I mean, he gets very excited, pumped up. I mean, he gives us it's all. I mean, he's probably one of the best catchers to me in the NL. I mean, I love the guy, man. And to see him still waiting to get an extension award for the Cubs to figure out what they want to do with him, it's kind of tough, man. It sucks to see that happen. But I think if there's anyone that deserves an extension, it really is him. Yeah. Now, what do you think? Do you think that he comes back? Do you think that they figure this thing out? Like, what, what do you think that that means that the Cubs – have not had those talks with him. I believe that, that he will be with this team, friends. I do personally believe that because you need a leader like that. He's a guy, to me, he's now been turned into a vet. He's actually won the chip. He gets it. So you need somebody to hold these players accountable, not just Ross. You're going to need someone else. And I think he fits the bill because he wants it. So I would say for the Cubs, I believe they will sign him back, friends. Yeah, because to be honest with you, how do you guys handle that catcher position if he leaves? Who you replacing right. with? It, nobody really, nobody that elite <laughs> to take on take on that role. So I think he's the logical one. Not only can he catch prayers and throw guys out, I mean, he can also hit too. So we've seen him catch fire this season. So it's like, look, this guy's showing you his worth. He's catching fire, playing hard, and he's also leading. So for that reason alone, Perez, I'm not sure if anyone can fit all those intangibles right now. This guy's already doing that. So for the Cubs' sake, it's better off to go ahead and sign him. Yeah, but he said it hasn't bothered him that he hasn't had those discussions with the organization. I hope that that's exactly how he feels. But I feel like sometimes with guys, that stuff kind of bothers them because they feel like, hey, why are you talking to me about this extension? They think about people that maybe they played with in the past and maybe got an extension and they didn't have to sit around and wait for it. So you got to right. be careful. You don't want to alienate your guys. That's true. That You don't want to alienate them at all, Perez. But he is handling it very well. You know, I seen Christopher Morrell hit a home run, man, on the Pirates in that eighth inning. And the first one to jump out their seat, out the dugout, was Wilson Contreras. Yep, so I'm he's pretty much that. showing you, like, look, I don't have no problem with making my contract an issue for this team here. I'm going to still play my game. I'm still going to support these players. So he's showing us that, hey, it's not a big deal to him. But he still, like I said, wants that contract extension, but not going to make that an issue for this team. No, that's, that's a good point. I think that's a fair point because we all know while he's super competitive and he's going to push his teammates, he's also going to be the first one that's going to support them when they make things happen out there. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's what you need in that, in that dugout, in that locker room too. So you guys have had a lot that you faced with your pitching staff, right? Strowman was out with COVID. I think he was activated off of the list, I believe today, right? So he'll be coming back. Coming back, so, Yep. Yep. So I think, isn't he even slated to start the, the opening of the your, your next series against Arizona? I believe so, Perez. He was slated to start. Yeah. Yep. He was coming back, having him on rotation to go ahead and do his thing. But it's good to have him back. Yeah, because the last time I think he pitched, bro, he was seven innings, didn't give up any runs. I mean, he seems to be a very key uh, piece for you guys. And also, definitely seems to be a bracing player here in Chicago, bro. Yeah, man, he actually did a good job against the Brewers, man. He shut those dudes down. You know, those Brewers, they got some hitters over there. So salute to Marcus Strowman for that. So I haven't seen him since that game right there since May the 1st. So happy to have him come back. 
Yeah, and then Alec Mills, he went down to make room for him. That was a guy that you talked about a little bit earlier in the season as a guy that you were kind of, you know, expecting some bigger things out of, but he actually hasn't really pitched in a big league game. Yeah, man, I think that lower back strain is still bothering him, Chris. Like, you know, and I hate to see, you know, pitchers have those kind of injuries. You know, when they, they have those injuries, as you and I talked about before, Perez, hey, it can pile on, it can last a long time man, before you get back. So I am high on Alec Mills. I think he got some good stuff, man. He can pitch his butt off. But when we going to get him back, I really don't know, man. But it's just tough seeing him not being there. Man, one thing I will say, man, Nick Batchigal, man, he's been out, Perez, uh, with lower back tightness. And I have a lot of high hopes for him, right? <laughs> Second baseman, but... It's just tough seeing him go down and also seeing shortstop Nico Horner go down, man. So, like, those two guys are part of the infield who plays a big part of this team and success, these are the ones who are actually hurting. So that sucks in itself, too. Yeah, you know what? I think that's a fair point because, that you know, like we've been dealing with it, too, over here with injuries. I mean, you you guys are kind of starting to see it as well. And like you said, when you got your, your infield, you know, a big key part of your infield out, it's like, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, because that affects your defense, you know? Right, exactly. But I am happy for one more thing here, Perez, and that's David Robertson. Good to see him come back, man, because we can use that closer. <laughs> I'm telling you, we can use him, man. So good to see him coming back. Yeah, also, shit, I was even thinking about uh, Christopher Morrell. I mean, I think that seeing that guy, you know, come in there and make a debut, I think that when you think about this Cubs rebuild, I look at a lot of the young talents you guys have, and it's pretty intriguing. And then I think of a guy like this, I'm like, you guys just keep adding more and more little young talent that just keeps getting come that keeps getting called up. And I say, okay, all right, Cubs, we see you in a couple of years, man. Hey, might have another juggernaut. Hey, we might, man. That's what we're working towards, friends. We're working towards that. And um, hopefully we won't have no major setbacks, you know, like we had a little bit with um, Ed Howard, man, uh, what happened with him. So we just hope yeah, that was unfortunate. Happen. That was unfortunate, man. Chicago kid, man. Man, prayers up to him for sure. Yes, that sir. Was tough to see that. Yeah, man. It hurt my heart when I saw that, man. I was like, darn it. Oh, geez. And, you know, he was just starting to turn it up too, Prez. That's yes, when you hate the most, right? That's when you hate the most when you get hurt, when you're starting to feel good about yourself and you're hitting well, and then something like that happens. So hope the kid recovers well. Yep, hip injuries, tough to see. They said it was a significant injury, and I think they confirmed surgery, so he's not going to be coming back this season. But, man, prayers to a speedy recovery for Ed Howard, Chicago kid. Hey, he got a bright future ahead of him still, I think. Yep, and Tim Anderson is the guy he looks up to, prayers. You know that already. Yeah, rightfully so. Goddamn right he should. <laughs> <laughs> i give you that one. You right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's, let's transition over to some of our Illini contests. Audience, the Illini news is kind of slowed down a little bit. Thank goodness for that because I was tired of going back and forth down there to Champagne chasing stories. That transfer <laughs> portal, A-Dub, that thing was going crazy there for a while. But I think things are kind of quieted down for a little bit. We'll see what happens after the draft combine. <laughs> right, right. We'll see what happens then because you know it could be some things down the brewer and that can possibly happen, man. So, yeah, that portal is no joke, though. I'll tell you that one thing about that. Well, this is the thing. Well, when you look at the uh, Illini with our team on the front court, now we lost uh, Bossman's Burdock. Bossman's Burdock, he's down with South Carolina. He entered the portal. So the Illini, we do have a need for a big man. And I did see there that Pete Nance, who did enter the NBA draft, he also entered the portal. So if he decides to come back to college, A-Dub, that could be a compelling big man that will come over potentially from Northwestern, He's the son of Larry Nance, and his brother Larry Nance Jr. plays in the league. Yeah, yes. a lot of ties to the NBA right there. You know, that family right there, 
All they do is breed athletes. <laughs> yeah, they do, man. They got some talent in that family. But if he decides to come back, I'll tell you, man, I hope Illini is the first choice that he wants to come to a play for. So, but yeah, good luck to him, man. If he gets drafted, salute to him, you know. But hey, he's in that portal. Hey, some eyes all on him, Chris. I'll tell you one thing, though, A-Dub. If for some reason this guy decides to come back, because I think they say he's pretty much saying that he wants to stick in the NBA draft, but you know how that thing happens. Sometimes a guy hears, ah, you might not get drafted or you may be a second-round draft pick. They may decide, you know, let me come back for one more year and see if I can improve my draft stock. If that happens, bro, and he comes to Illinois, which he claims, there's been reporters that asked him specifically, have you heard from the Illini? And he said he has not heard from a coach from the Illini. I'm feeling like he might just be playing that close to the vest. Probably so, probably so. Because the thing is, you don't want to open your cars up and put things out there too soon, too quick, right? Because you never know what, like you're saying, Fresh, you never know what may happen with the draft in case he decides to go to the That's NBA, right. right? You just That's don't right. know. What's to talk about with Illinois now? He, he gone now. <laughs> but the thing is, if he decides, oh, you're going to hear a whole bunch of talks about him <laughs> if he stay in that portal and decide to come back to college. Yes, sir. Because now – but now it gets me excited, A-Dub, because remember how we talked about that starting lineup, and I was like, oh, man, how would this starting lineup line up? Now, I'm a daydream for just a quick second. Woo-wee. You get a guy like Pete Nance that can come in here, bro, skilled, like the skilled player, was on a, a Northwestern team to struggle. They weren't the best team. I imagine him on a U of I team with, these talent, with this talent that we have, A-Dub. Shit. Think about it. You had him at the five. Coleman Hawkins at the four. Terrence Shannon Jr. at the three, yep. RJ Melendez at the two, and Sky Clark as your point guard. With that Ooh. bitch, with a Ty Rogers, who we're going to talk about here in a second. With a Jay Nepps. With a Sincere Harris, bro. With a Luke Goody. Dane Danger. Brother, that's just a murder's row right there. His stock is going up, Chris, on that team. Yes. Same thing with Terrence Shannon Jr. That's why he came back to college. He wanted to improve his stock. Dude, Terry Shannon Jr., man, made the best decision, man, by coming to the Atlanta. It's about to go It's going down, bro. I'm, man, you get me all that fucked up for the season, Perez. <laughs> you need to chill out with that, man, because you always do this to me, man. So, man, I'm telling you, Perez, it's going to be a joy to watch Atlanta. If you wasn't a fan this, this past season, you should be a fan this upcoming season because you're going to get some more excitement with this team. And if you are a fan, be excited like you hear in my voice right now because we just talked about a second ago, Ty Rogers. Now, this is a kid that I'm telling y'all, he is going to be a prototypical player in his brand of the wood system. The guy can defend his ass off. Tough, rugged, athletic player. And just wait till his offensive side of the game catch up to where he's at on the defensive side, ain't done. He's lining up. He's, he's going to be playing with Team USA here in May. And I think that's going to be valuable experience because he wanted to come and report down to Champaign early. He wanted to get down there and work out and get on campus. But he's got Team USA obligations. But I'll tell you what they ain't up. Ty Rogers, I think, is going to give us some really solid minutes here his freshman year. Oh, man. <laughs> this kid pretty much going to come in, Perez, and almost demand some minutes <laughs> because he got that, that kind of skill set, man. Like you said, defensively, he is top. He's one of the top guys who can come in and do it right away. And then, like you said, his offense catches up to him. Oh, wait, you talking about how Jimmy Butler offense caught up to him. I'm just saying the college level, this kid offense catches up to him. He can be a top guy, man. That's what you need right there. A player like that can become a stud who's putting the work in. Oh, this kid here is the real deal. Yes, sir. And also, too, man, I mean, just think about that mindset, man. He's the top player in the state of Illinois in this 2022 class. 
He's got that chip on the shoulder. He's coming in here hungry. But I think it's also awesome, A-Dub, that he's coming into an opportunity here at U of I where nothing's going to be handed to him. Everything that he's going to get this season is going to be because he earned it. Because there ain't right. going to be a lot of minutes that they're going to be giving away. Not at all, Chris. And that's one thing with Underwood. You got to earn it. So you're right. And there's also some good competition on this team to fight for that those minutes. So he's going to earn everything he gets, man, which shows to us and will tell us that, hey, you know what? It was all worth it. It's all worth the fight, man. All worth the sweat, sweat, the what? The blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, this kid here is going to get it. And that's the thing, man. I love his game because he does a little bit of everything on the basketball floor, bro. I mean, he was a double-digit. Uh, I mean, he was a double-double from average for points and rebounds on the season. Uh, an accomplished passer, averaged like seven assists. And like I said, that defensive side of the game, the steals, the block shots, the help defense, those are all the things, like I said, those are tangibles, the versatility. That's the stuff right there that's going to really get him in the lineup, and that's going to make Brad Underwood love him immediately. Even though, you know, Brad's going to be yelling at him a lot. That's just part of it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, Brad going to stay on him, friends, to help this kid continue to get better, man. So that's, that's what you like about a coach like that who's going to ride you and pretty much make you continue, continue to put the work in. So he's in a good situation. He really is, man. And this guy's going to thrive his game. Yeah, he's in a great situation, but I agree with you 100%, bro. 100%. Yeah, and I would say this, too. Now, these guys, this freshman class of guys, I hope they come in here and they think about the example of an Ayo DeSumo. Think about the example of a Kofi Coburn. These are guys that came in here, man, and they took advantage of their opportunities here on campus. Look at Kofi at the, at the combine, taking yeah. advantage of his opportunities, bro. That's what's up, Perez. These guys are setting the good trend for the future. They really are, man. And the fact that these alumni guys come back, and I'm quite sure Kofi's going to be one of the ones that come back to share some of that knowledge that's what you like to see, man. Guys who've done it that set a clear, good example for the future. And I think these this freshman class coming in can learn a lot from the from the alumni. And I'll tell you one thing, I was really impressed, man. I was checking in some of the uh the combine the agility drills that they had the players going through. Yeah. I saw some of what Kofi was able to do, and I said, damn, he was kind of moving out a little bit, man. I was like, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> he run faster than I thought. I'm like, man, sometimes on the court, you're like, I really can't tell. But you see him at some of these, at the, at the, you know, right now with the combine working, you're like, look, this guy's kind of faster than you think, man. He put it all out there. So he's trying to make a name for himself for real press and trying to impress, impress some folks. And he was shooting mid-range jumpers. That was something that we didn't see a lot of. And that was the thing that you and I talked about here when he gets to that next level, that was a part of his game that he's going to have to improve upon in the NBA. Yeah, absolutely. If he can make that mid-range, man, oh, that's going to be awesome. Because you know, you and I know this, Prince. We talked about this a lot as well. He spent a lot of time getting double and triple T. <laughs> and that's a tough thing to go all the season that way. So now he may be able to go one-on-one -on -one and show us now his entire arsenal. So that's good for him to come out and show some of those twos. And I also think, too, because of Brad's system, it didn't call for Kofi to come away from the basket too much and shoot. Now, right. this is Kofi showing these NBA scouts, hey, this is a part of my game that I didn't get to show. This is something yep. I'll be able to provide to your team. So, like I said, this is damn near three-point range of the college side of things where we're seeing Kofi taking shots. So, I don't know, man. Hey, man. I know, <laughs> I know a lot of people were kind of like making fun of his shooting and going hard at him, but I would say this. If they knew anything about this player and had watched him as long as you and I have been watching him, you'll know that that's a really good development to his game. They even see that he's doing that shit. Yeah, he's been developing, Perez. He's still a work in progress, but the thing is, 
One thing about that next level is about putting that work in. That's one thing we don't have no issues with when we come to Kofi. It's him putting the work in. So whoever gets him, probably going to be happy with the results because this kid's going to continue to work hard, man. And you already know we've seen guys who weren't able to shoot when they came to the NBA. We saw how Lonzo Ball shot was, right? You can learn and work on your shot, so you can get better That's at right. that. So the thing is, the sky is the living for this this kid, Kofi, because he can always learn these things, and that's part. That's all part of the skill game. Yeah, because everybody was getting their jokes off because he was missing a lot of the shots. But you know what I was focusing on because I look at the game a little bit more on a deeper level. Right. I look at the fact that this is a guy that I never saw taking jump shots like that. So now all of a sudden I'm looking at his release and the stroke of his shot. I'm like, damn, okay. That looks <laughs> right. good. It looked good. In a matter of months, he actually looks like a shooter. Yeah. He's been working on it, man. You can tell you've been working on it. Sometimes you do what the team needs you to do, right, Perez? Like you were talking about in that, in that system with Underwood. Now, all of a sudden, he's stepping out of that. He's like, look, I can show y'all some extra stuff here. So, with him even showing that shot, Perez, and making it, I don't care if he missed, though, because, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's just looked at, you know, the fact that he's actually still showing us that he can do some of those things. So, for me, it's like, man, this kid continue working on that, he'll be fine, man. As long as he can step out there and shoot that 15, 16-foot shot, jump shot, man, he'll be, he'll be, he'll make a good decent, solid, you know, NBA player. No, for sure, for sure. And a lot of people, they forget about the fact, A-Dub, that Kofi didn't grow up playing this sport. He grew up in Kingston, Jamaica, playing soccer. He only started playing basketball a couple years before he even came down to Illinois. His game is still evolving. Yeah, definitely still involved in prayers. You're right. And not only is his game still involved, you even see how he's taking care of his body. The yes. dude transferred, transformed his body, man. He looks good. I'm like, you know what? That just shows you he is putting the work in. He kind of reminded me in a way of how he transformed his body, like Draymond Green, the way how he slammed down a little bit, Perez. Yeah, it's like this yeah. kid is working hard and doing that, man. So you can tell he's really taking this very serious. And if you got somebody that's that got that kind of work ethic and willing to put that kind of work in, oh, you're in good shape. You got a chance. No, you definitely do. So I'll be looking, I'll be, I'm, man, I'm pulling for this kid, man. I hope a team, man, take a shot on him in that second round. Even if it ends up him being in the G League for a season and developing right. and learning, I still can't wait to see what he does at the next level. Because like I said, I'm very much excited to see him taking these jump shots. I was really stoked to see him in the agility drills because those are the things that people are going to be looking at from a Kofi to say, okay, can he play in the NBA? Does he right. have the speed and agility to jump out of switch? Right, right. He, you know, because we know, hey, he could be an anchor in the paint. But the NBA, we know it's all about switching. They yeah. want to see what he can fucking do there. And I think yep. A-Dub, even though it was just a combine, I think he did enough to show people, like, hey, maybe this guy, you could trust him in the pick and roll. Maybe. Yes, you can. Maybe, yep. Give him a chance. Give him a chance to see if it work through, you know? And I think you hit a good point, Perez. <laughs> Even if we go to G League, man, we talked about that. I think he'll touch those dudes in the G League, man. I think he's just too strong for him, overpowered. But you're right, on the NBA level, man, you got to be able to move. And I think Kofi's showing us right now that I'm working on that. And if he can come out, Perez, and can impress some folks with it, oh, he'll be good, man. He'll be very good. Yes, sir. And also, lastly, on the LA front, all three of our assistant coaches got well-deserved Extensions. So their extensions run through the 2025 season. So Jeff Alexander, Tim Anderson, and Chester Frazier all have been extended. Really great news to see that because that's going to be continuity on that coaching staff, but also on the recruiting trail. That's awesome right there, Perez. That recruits, that's the perfect spot you hit it right there, the recruiting. You got now people that Underwood that you can continue to trust. The system stays the same, man. Everyone know what they're supposed to do. They want to have their role. It's all good. So it's glad to see that coaching staff stand together, Prince. 
Yes, sir. Well, let's talk about some Chicago Bulls content. There's a lot. Even though it's the offseason <laughs> for the Bulls, there's a lot going on. First of all, I want to congratulate Ayo DeSumo on a very solid rookie year. A-Dub, he made second team all rookie. Salute to him. We were talking about his Illini earlier, how he put that program on the map. I really love the fact that Ayo came here, found an opportunity with the Bulls, cracked that rotation, bro, and was solid all season for us. He found the home in Chicago. Hey, he good. Your hometown, man. You, you and I talked a lot about him, Perez, and his work ethic and what this kid been able to do. He also earned his minutes as well. And now he's a player in the rotation, man. So salute to him. Second team, you deserve that. I thought you probably had a chance to be first team, but it is what it is. That's right. I thought so, too. But you know what? Hey, he made second team. And listen, you know that he going to go into next season to carry that as a chip on the shoulder. So I'm almost glad that he did. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> exactly. Keep sleeping you know on I.O. Keep sleeping on I.O., yeah, y'all. Exactly. They've been sleeping on this kid all alone, man. He's proving everybody wrong, man, other than Chicago. So I'm glad he's at home doing his thing, man. Keep doing your thing, kid. Yes, sir. Hey, Dub, I got to get your thoughts on this LeVar Ball comment <laughs> that he made. Now, he was talking with local media. And they asked him a question when it came to Zach Levine. What are you thinking? And you know, LeVar Ball, man, he is not one to shy away from giving you some quality sound bites. <laughs> <laughs> and my boy LeVar Ball says, listen, when he said, when he said, when he, all he knew from the beginning part of the season is all you heard of Chicago is them talking about Zach Levine, Zach Levine, Zach Levine. But then he said, DeMar DeRosa comes in here. Now you hear everybody talking about DeMar, 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 DeMar. Right. So in the words of LeVar Ball, he thinks he thinks that Zach wants to go to an organization where he's going to be that guy. And he thinks that well, he thinks that Zach is going to take his talents out to the Lakers or try to find a way to get out there to the Lakers. So I want to get your thoughts on those comments, A-Dub, because that was a lot to unpack there. Going to the Lakers don't make you the man. <laughs> That's what Let's get that straight now. Lakers going through a tough, whatever you want to call it, fiasco, whatever word you want to use to describe that team over there. LeVar Ball always had an interesting take on things, right? And I give him credit for it because he know how to get people all riled up and things of nature. But, hey, I got some news for you, LeVar Ball. I don't think that man, Zach Levine, is going to the Lakers, man. I think he's in a better situation here in Chicago, personally. It fits his personality. It, I mean, he's a, a leader on his team. He got a good vibe going on with this team. He, I mean, he's a big part of what the, the Bulls actually does. So I don't see him going over there to the Lakers and trying to entertain that. Maybe you probably think about going if you want to try to make the Bulls come out their paycheck, right, and write that check, that 200-plus million. But other than that, I don't think he's going over there to the Lakers. So this is the thing. Anything that LeVar Ball says, you got to take with a grain of salt. I think we right. all know that. <laughs> However, I salute him and the fact that he's got three sons that have been at the, in, in, on the NBA level at some point. We know that uh, LiAngelo hasn't been able to stick, but, you know, we know what LeVar – I mean, we know what Lonzo and LaMelo have been able to do at the pro level, especially right. LaMelo. I mean, the guy – Special talent. But, yes, sir, when it came to this situation here, I looked at it and I said, this is just LeVar being LeVar. LeVar. Yeah, man, like you said, LeBron's still there. So, it's not like he's going to unseat LeBron as being that guy. But, I have been kind of in my mind wondering, is Zach happy here? Because Zach, I don't think, felt appreciated or respected. Remember when Zach Levine went through the contract negotiations with the old regime? Right. I feel like Zach felt like he was lowball because they let him go out there and sign an offer sheet. They matched it. But I don't think Zach was happy with that contract. And that's why he says now he's not going to take any sort of a discount. He wants to be a max player. 
And I think that that's going to be a tough decision for this organization to think about is, do they want to give Zach Levine 200 million plus? Yeah, that's a hard thing to think about, Perez. I know you and I talked about it as well. Like that's 200 plus million. Woo, that's a lot of money, man. A lot of money. But you can also think about what that does for your team. If you do keep them, right? You keep, you keep this core together and they can still make the playoffs, maybe add another piece or so and probably make a championship run, you know, um, to try to get to that level. But and, uh, and at the end of the day, are you willing to take on that risk? Because it is a risk that come along with it. You, we already know that Zach defense isn't what we hope it would be, right, Perez? You know about his knee. That's been an issue for him so far. And he's been working through it. And he's shown us a lot, right? He's developed a lot as well. But you kind of wonder, you know, if he's really worth that. And to me, it's not for me to decide. It's up to the front office to make the decision. But I do like Zach Levine with this Bulls team here. But 200 million, Perez, 200 plus, that's a lot of money, man. A lot of money. Yeah, and I mean, when we talked about it before, you were kind of on the fence of saying that you didn't think that he was worth that salary. For me, I just kind of looked at it like, well, who do you replace Zach with? If you, right. if you let him walk and if we do a sign of trade with him, I mean, are we ever going to get anything of value back in return that we're going to be uh, happy with? Because I've seen a lot of people doing these stupid fucking trade packages online. And there was one trade package where I think that they said the Bulls could do like a three-way trade for Zach and we could get Julius Randle and Evan Fournier in return. And I hated that deal. Hey, look, that, look, I'm with you. I'm not a big fan of that deal either because I'm not a, a huge Randall fan. I like the key complaint. <laughs> but it's like, man, you got to – you can, can you take criticism, right? You couldn't take the criticism in New York. <laughs> can you take it in Chicago? Chicago is not that much different from New York when it comes to the criticism. You know how it is, Perez right. here. So can you handle that, right? Can you be a leader and take on that role? And I'm not so sure if he can because he hasn't shown it to us just yet. So I don't right. know, man. I'm with you. That trade didn't make no sense to me. So if you are going to do a sign of trade, it has to make sense. It really does for 200 plus million. <laughs> it really does, man. And it's hard to find guys who you know can average 20 plus easily, Perez. And I think Zach Levine is a guy who can do so. He can put up 20 plus, Perez. And we've seen him grow here in Chicago. Can we yeah, see we another? Yeah, we have seen him grow. But one thing, though, A-Dub, is hard to dispute facts here. And you have that Rich Paul clutch sports situation with that's being his representative. Right. We don't know the conversation that him and Rich Paul will have behind closed doors. That's true. That is true. So, I mean, you talk about trades, right, Perez? One of the things you talk about is, hey, if you talk about going up to the Lakers, I sign a trade, who coming back? Anthony Davis? <laughs> so, I don't know, man. You got to really think about those kind of things. Because you're right, he's with Plus Sports. You know how they feel. They want to put their guys together, really. And it's unfortunate. Right. But LeBron behind the scenes, when it comes out of stuff like that, at least that's what's alleged out there. <laughs> so <laughs> you got to wonder, man, what that means. And that's probably why LeBron Ball threw it out there. You know what those guys trying to do? Get all their guys together over there with Clutch. Yeah. And the thing about it is that, to be fair to LeVar, he was asked a question specifically about the Lakers. But it just makes – for me, it just makes sense. Not necessarily that for Zach to go there to be the guy – but I think Zach going at a team up with a LeBron, I right. think makes a lot of sense. Because then when LeBron goes off and rides off into the sunset, Zach Levine is the face of the franchise. There you go. That's a big market over there, man. Zach can do whatever he wants, play in a big market and thrive over there. If you thrive in L.A., Chris, you got everything coming your way, man. Movie Dude. deals, whatever you want. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. You're going to get the commercials? Because we see Zach on a couple commercials now. But yep. it's levels to this day. He go to L.A., that opens up a whole other avenue for him. Right. And who knows what his career aspirations are 
when it comes to him when he decides to retire, right? What he wants to do. So if you in LA, you got everything open your way, man. Like you already hit commercials, probably shoe deals, everything else, man. So it all handed to you if you do well with the Lakers. Now, true story there. So we'll definitely see here. But I was just curious what your thoughts there were on that. Next week's episode audience. A.W. and I are going to do a roster breakdown. We're going to talk about the players and their performances over the 2021 season here. And we're going to kind of give our thoughts on if we think these guys are going to return. So right. we'll definitely make sure we tie up our loose ends there when it comes to the Chicago Bulls. But it's time to talk about our Chicago Sky, our defending WNBA champions. They started the season. They're 2-2. Two you know, it's been kind of an up and down season so far. But you know what? We don't have our main weapons here. Hey, the MVP. She's still making her way back over here, right? Right. So I feel right. like they're holding, they're holding down the fort until she gets back to the shop. Yes, sir. Leo Copper. Woo! That lady been out there. That prison I talked about. She's been over there overseas balling out, winning all kinds of awards, MVPs, everything. So she's just stacking them all up till she get back to the shop, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. And audience, as you guys know, we're covering the Chicago Sky. We're there covering the games. I'll actually be heading to Deerfield tomorrow and Saturday to take in some of the open media sessions at practice. We got ring night that's coming up on Tuesday. We'll be in the building for that. So, audience, as we keep telling y'all with this platform, and we've only been around for a year, but this thing is growing and it's growing quick, we are going to be your go-to spot for in-depth content. It's not going to just be us having opinions. You're going to hear from the players themselves on this show. We're going to start opening up the content for interviews and access that we get for the various teams that we cover. So you guys will see that this platform is going to become more than just a podcast. It's going to be a one-stop shop for all things Chicago sports. And that's the thing that A-Dub and I are so proud of and what we're doing here. But when it comes to the Chicago Sky team, A-Dub, listen, they're going to open up access to us, and we're going to open it up to the audience. There you go. That's how it works. Trickle-down effect right there, friends. We got y'all covered. Now, A-Dub, got to get your thoughts. Because, as I mentioned, we lost to the Sparks. Right, but then we yep. come back in the next home game and we beat the Liberty. What were some of your thoughts there on what you thought they did differently in that Sparks game versus what they did in that game against the Liberty? In the Sparks game, Chris, I thought we kind of played around. That's the game that we let get away from us, really. That's the game I thought we had in the bag, Chris, late in the game until what uh, Evans foul near the end of the regulation and since it's overtime, we couldn't capitalize on that. But what it showed us in that next game was that, you know what? We ain't going to play around. We're going to come out and play strong defense. We're going to come out there and we're going to attack them all every different angle. And that's what this team did. This guy team brought it to them, man. Brought it to New York Liberty and made them pay for that loss that we took against the, uh, the Sparks. And in the presser after that Sparks game, Coach Wade was pissed. Because um, we all know that wasn't a foul on, on Dana. No, nah, it wasn't. Nah. But at the same time, and if I think it's fair to say, you still can't take your foot off the gas. No excuses. It was a bad call. But hey, the sky were flat that overtime period. But to your point, it gets the liberty. With Stephanie Dolson back in the building returning, it was good to see her. But the sky, they kept their foot on their gas from start to finish that ball. <laughs> It was never it was never a game. It was never a game, Chris. They never had a chance, man. From opening tip, man, it was a wrap. I mean, our team just came out there just battling, man. Candace Parker, Sloop, you know, Emma, they all just came at this team, man. They punched them right in the mouth. I say, uh-oh, this over. Look around, we up 20 plus, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and that's the thing. When you look at this team, like I keep telling you, it's more balanced than what we've seen in the past with the Sky team. I thought they were a little top heavy last year. We had some ladies 
that were, you know, they, they played their roles to the most part. But this team now is super balanced, and I love it. I love it, man. I mean, they're gritty. And that's the thing that I've noticed with this team, and I'm really liking it. You know what I mean? Because in that in that game against the Liberty, the Liberty, they had some bigs on the team. I mean, there was a couple possessions there where Stephanie Dosa, Stephanie Dosa was getting the ball down in the post, and she was, man, for lack of better words, she was banging you know, a couple <laughs> of my players. And that's the yeah. Stephanie Dosa that we remember from being here. But we answered that physicality. And yes, that's what you got to do. Yep. And the thing is about this guy team, Chris, this guy team is not small. I mean, he, no. they can play big with Stevens, Emma, and Parker, Chris. You know what I'm saying? Like, they play big. And these are throw two guards out there. Vanders loop quickly if you want to, and you're good to go. But this team is also loaded with some talent off the bench, man. What you look at, you know, Gardner, she can ball, press. You've seen Evans, what she can do. Those first couple games, she was cooking, man. So this team is actually loaded, especially when Khalil Copper gets back. Well, and that's kind of like one of the things that I say about this team being more balanced because when I look yep. at someone like a Gardner, that's kind of one of my early standouts. This is somebody that I'm really happy for, that she's finally getting her opportunity. This is an older rookie. Right. She's in her 30s and finally getting a spot here over in the WNBA on the Chicago Sky, the defending champions. And Coach Wade has faith in her, and he's throwing her in the mix. Yeah, and man. And not only is he throwing her in the mix, though, she's responding. She's getting it done. She's flashing out there on the court, bro. Yeah, she is getting it done, Perez. I even like her on ball <laughs> handles, Perez. She can get to the bucket. She can hit that mid-range jumper. This lady is a player. I mean, she shocked the hell of me when I saw the first game of her playing. I said, man, this girl can really come out and explode a little bit. So she's a baller, man. I'm glad to have her on this team. And she actually um, adds on to that versatility of this team. But she's been playing professionally for over a decade. I mean, she's played a right. lot of overseas, but that's what I'm trying to tell you, man. She's really impressed me. I've gotten a lot, I got an opportunity to kind of talk with her and kind of observe her in practice. And I'm telling you, dude, she has the ability to score in the WNBA. We're seeing it right now, and this is only scratching the surface. So I honestly, A dub, I'm happy to clear copper, spend a little extra time overseas because it allowed us to see what we had with Gardner. And that's yep. one of those things when you look at a coach Wade, you're like, boy, you lucked out with this one here. <laughs> hey, yes, he did, Prince. It was a blessing in disguise, man. I was like, whoa, this lady here. Imagine her and Khalil Copper playing together. Really, you ask me if you go decide to go small, right? A little bit smaller. So you have Gardner and you have uh, her out there as well with uh, Copper. And then you bring in Sloop. You got your wing ladies who can really ball. And I tell you, Rebecca's not a slouch defensively either. So she can no. actually play. And one of the things that I like, though, is with her game, now, she's played off the ball mostly here with the sky. But when you look at her when she played overseas, she was a creator. So now yeah. you have somebody here, because she ain't going to be no creator here in Chicago at Vanderslew. But there are times, though, that Vanderslew may be on the bench, and then Gardner can come in and maybe make opportunities for other people. But what I've liked so far with the way she's been utilized with the sky is Vanderstu's been getting her open looks and open shots and open threes, and she's been mm -hmm. cashing in. Yeah, she would cash that in, Perez. And she's not shot. And she's not afraid to take that shot, man. That's you call a hooper right there. She's actually playing her game, man. And that's what you like to see players do. Uh, Coach Wade hasn't changed her. He just let her be herself, man. Be yourself and play your game. And she's showing to Coach Wade that, hey, she can be a matchup problem. So we get close to that playoffs part, Perez, of the game. When we get there, She's going to be a matchup. I'll tell you one thing. She's going to be part of that.
Oh, yeah, because you got to think about Look at last year's team, right? We ate in the pick and roll. And when I say we ate in the pick and roll, it was because of Khalil Copper and Diamond the Shields. Well, right. we know the Diamond left. Now you enter Rebecca Gardner into the equation. Now you got somebody that's going to be able to pick up the slack of where Diamond the Shields left off. And I'm also feeling very confident that when Khalil Copper comes back here, they're going to eat again. These two are going to eat just like Khalil Copper and Diamond the Shields ate last year. Yeah, they're going to eat, man. It's going to be fun to watch prayers. And she, Rebecca gives us a lot to, to be thankful for, man, because she could probably going to be able to play well off Khalil Copper. Because you know Copper, she's going to get down the floor, man. And guess what, Rebecca, you're going to run with her? Hey, easy bucks to both of you. Let's get it going. Because you know Snoop want to push that tempo a little bit. So having you two on the wings, oh, man, that's a blessing right there. You two can play. Let them ball out, Prez. Yes, sir. Now, the last game that I want to recap when it comes to the Chicago Sky is the fact that they did lose against the Storm. Now, right. That game right there, it was, it was a close game by score comparison, but our ladies didn't pick it up to a little bit later in the game, they done. And that's the problem, man. We kind of got off to a slow start, Perez. Got off to a slow start. We were turning the ball over. I mean, we had a lot of turnovers, really. And I think that kind of hurt us a lot in that game because you're right, it took so much to get back into that game. And we got back into it. We just couldn't finish it off. It just took too much of a hurdle, man. And that first half was kind of like a little brutal for the team. That was the first game I really seen them struggle in this season. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's a fair point. Because with some of these other games, like the game that we talked about against the, the, the Sparks, that was just a game where we just basically just looked a little uh, out of sorts. I felt like in this uh, – in the Seattle Storm game, A-Dub, I don't know if it was just me, but they looked a little gassed earlier in the game. They looked tired out there. Yeah, they did, man. <laughs> they did look tired for us. We play like a, a pace slower than we know we normally play. And I'm like, what's going on with this team? You all don't want to play today? What's happening, <laughs> you know? And it felt that way. Like, we just didn't have the energy, like you said. We couldn't pull through. It took us the second half to really get ourselves going. But that first half, man, was a group. Yeah, because Seattle, shit, they, 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 they was picking up that pace. We couldn't stop them in the transition. That was tough. Nope. But, but one, one thing that I've been kind of looking at right now with our team is this box security. You yeah. Know, I think that's something that I feel like we got to tighten up. We do, man. Because I tell you, man, Storm scored a lot of points on us, Perez, off our turnovers, man. I'm mm -hmm. like, these girls is putting it back in. We turn the ball over, they're making us pay. And I think you're right. If we can limit that, we're in a better position if we do that. So you're right, Perez. Our turnovers was our demise. It really hurt us badly in that game. And let's just be, let's call a spade a spade here. Our defense was just non-existent, you know, most of the <laughs> night. Yeah, that's I true mean, too. Shit, that big from Seattle was just going at us. She just <laughs> scored any chance she wanted to, you know what I mean? Exactly. She won't play no games with us, man. She has something to prove. Like, look, this is the defending championship team, and I'm coming at these ladies. And she did. She came for them. And that's the thing. When you are the defending champs, A-Dub, you're going to get everybody's best shot. And that's yep. the thing that I think these ladies are going to have to realize. I mean, shit, especially with ring night coming up, you know the Indiana Fever, go, they're going to be in their feelings. You, when you watch a team hoist a banner, when you watch a team get championship rings, you're going to feel away. You're going to be like, yeah. okay, you're going to lose tonight. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Make them lose on ring night. And that's what they try to do, right? You're getting everybody, like he had said, he's around the head, friends. You're going to get everybody's best shot. And ring night don't make it any better. So I hope our team don't get too high press from winning the ring to where they can't play the game. Because I see many teams lose on ring night. Yes, sir. But honest, I will say, if you could get a seat in the house that night, get your ass to win trust arena. Ring night. Get there. I've seen too many open, I, I seen too many empty seats in that arena so far to start this season. I'm wondering if that's just because the season ticket holders have bought tickets 
And maybe they're not going to the games right now, but listen, get y'all asses to that arena. That's facts right there. Get to that arena. This team here, just like last season, they were able to ball, they balled out. I don't expect any different from this team going forward. They're going to ball out too. So like Perez say, get there, enjoy these ladies. They're not going to disappoint you. They can straight out ball. Yeah, listen, the MVP's back. Get back yeah. out there. Get out there. Woo-wee. This team going to be even better, Perez. Man, I can't wait for Tuesday. I'm telling you, A-Dub, and I'm going to get there about five hours early to that arena. I'm going to talk to anybody and everybody going to ready to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, man. That's what's up right there, friends. But you know what? Look, you going there, handling business, man, but this team here is just a good team, man. The thing is, the games you want to go to is when you want to watch a good team play. So I will just, again, with you, friends, go out there and salute these ladies, man. Support them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, before we get out of here today, I, I just have to kind of like just maybe take the moment here to – Talk about Tariq Cohen. Now, on our DBE show, we took some time to reflect on the article that he wrote in the Players' Tribune where he talked about some mental health challenges, the fact that he was a primary breadwinner for the family, but also yeah. the fact that his recovery from that torn ACL was a little slower than he wanted to. He was struggling with that, right? Right. And then when we get the news this week that now all that was going on, he lost a brother recently. He's doing live, he's live streaming a workout and he tears, he tears his Achilles during that workout. I mean, bro, how does your heart not go out to somebody like that? Now, I know that there were some trolls on the internet that was fucking with Tariq Cohen when, his, when he was slow coming back from his uh, ACL injury. But right. anybody that can watch this kid and see, I mean, how can you watch this kid's story, understand his story, and your heart not go out to him in that moment? Probably realizing that his career is probably hanging at the threads right now. Yeah, man. I'm with you, Prez. Reading the article, you thought that was enough. And then you see this happen, another setback. I'm like, man, I hope somebody go and check on Tariq Cohen, make yes. sure he's okay, man. Yes. Because that's detrimental. That hurts, man. And he loves football just that much. I mean, he loves football. And to see him go through this kind of another setback, Prez, is worrisome, man. I almost shed a tear, Prez, just from reading it. The article itself, and then also still have a step back. That hurt me, man, because I know a guy like him. It makes it like you you know a guy like him. You, know, you think about people who who been the first in their generation to do something big, man. Yes, and he's that one. And how much a burden that takes on you, a toll it takes on you, right? So now make your family go to the next step, right, in life financially. And now all of a sudden to have these kind of setbacks, to have things happen to your family outside of football, and then yourself going through some things. That's tough. And I just hope people who love him. Check on him and make sure that brother is okay. Yeah, I hope his former teammates definitely check it. I hope that Chicago Bears organization actually embraces him, uh, sends some help and resources out there to him and his family. You know, it's, it's, it's one thing to make some phone calls. It's another thing, boots on the ground. Get out there. See where this guy's at because he needs that support, even if it's medical resources. Right. Whatever you guys can do to afford these kids some assistance, do whatever you can to help them out. Right, because there ain't many people that we know, that he probably know, per se, that can probably understand what he's really going through. So he's definitely no need some resources, you know, to help him yeah. out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So listen, prayers up for Tariq. Man, I hope that he's doing okay. Because like I said, it, you can tell, man, he has not been having a good go of it. And this recent injury, and this setback, that's awful. 
But fuck the football aspect of things. It's like me and A-Dub, what we're talking about right now is Tariq Cohen as a person right now. He's a human being. Absolutely. And as a human being, I'm sure he is hurting. Big time, Perez. And like I said, your heart goes out to a kid like him, man. It really does. Yeah. For the second time, if this city could talk. Now, I'm going to keep this one short to the point. Now, Urban Prep is a local high school here in Chicago where they pride themselves on 100% of their graduated seniors being accepted into four-year colleges. So they just, and this, I guess it's been for the last 13 years, they've been able to voice that record. And I think that's phenomenal because they're sending young kids to college. Huge. Now, one of their high school seniors in particular had an exceptional run at high school. He got accepted into over 73 colleges. And they interviewed his mother and she talked about the fact that how she pushed him and how she wanted to make sure that he wasn't going to be one of these kids who's going to get sucked into the streets and the violence and all the nonsense that happens over there. And so I want people that listen to this show, when you think about the South Side, when you think about our communities, when you hear all these stories about our communities, don't just suck in and think about, don't just take in all the bad. Urban Prep is a school on the South Side of Chicago, predominantly African-American students there. I just told you all 13 years going, they've had 100% of kids being accepted into four-year colleges. There's a lot of promise and potential in these communities and these neighborhoods. We got to keep cultivating this talent. We got to keep cultivating this potential so that way it can fulfill itself. So when I see this urban prep school doing what it's doing for these young students, it makes my heart fucking just swell up. So salute to urban prep high school. Salute to Amari Austin for being accepted into 73 colleges. So if this city could talk, it would say, let's celebrate victory and let's stop focusing on the negative. Absolutely. I'm with that, Press. Celebrating victories, man. It's good to see a kid get 73, Press. 73 of them. That's awesome right there. So, hey, we got to get behind that. Let's continue to praise things of that nature when we see kids doing well. Let's get behind it. Yes, sir. If this city can talk, it will say, hey, salute to Lori Lightfoot for putting in a curfew in regards to Millennial Park. Mm. I know people know things happen. Some people are like, oh, man, why you put the curfew in? Look, it's all about the youth and saving the youth, man. Whatever it takes to save the youth, it's always good to see somebody trying something different, Perez. And I know people always say, oh, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? For me, on the other hand, if you're, going, if you're trying to save the youth and you're doing something about it, I'm not the one to talk or talk negative about what you're doing. I'm here to salute that anybody's coming with some options or anything, any solutions they have to try to do something different. So if the mayor wants to do something different, great. If you all have some ideas of what we can do differently, Great. Let's do them. Let's give it a try, man. This is all about making sure that our youth continue to survive. Hey, that's a hell of a, if this city could talk, because I thought the mayor, I thought she should have done something like that last summer. Right. Um, now, I know a lot of people may say, well, Prez, A-Dub, that's messed up. That, you know, the, the kids can't be out and about. They, you know, have to have a curfew. Well, you know, things have gotten so out of control that you have to do things like this. You have to put these measures in place to curb some of this bullshit that's going on in the city. So right. I salute the mayor for coming up with a plan. But like A-Dub said, hey, if you guys have other solutions, go out there and talk to your aldermans. You go out there and put something in play. Go out there and get involved. Coach, we talked about these kids that are playing basketball, these prep hoops and the AAU circuits. You want to get involved in these kids and you want to make a difference in these kids, 
Go out here and salute. I mean, go out here and volunteer coach. It don't have to just be basketball. It could be do whatever. But right. there's so many kids out here, whether it's the arts, whether it's dance, music. There's so many different programs that are out here where kids are expressing interest in these things. So I feel like a lot of times you can help keep kids out of trouble by keeping them busy. That's true. That's a good way, friends, keeping them busy, man. And we don't want to hear from nobody that's on the sidelines just watching. No, fuck y'all. Because it's easy for you on the sideline to talk about all oh, this curfew and this, this, and that. Okay, well, what's your idea? What you got? What you doing to help? Right. So I thought that was a phenomenal if the city could talk. Audience, as always, we appreciate your continued support of this platform. With Chicago State of Mind, thanks for listening, and we are out. Jordan was, he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.